Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I hope you're having a wonderful week or at least a decent one. I hope you're healthy and happy when you're listening to this or perhaps you are dealing with something and that's why you're listening, but I hope that this podcast then helps you with it and helps you feel better. That really is my goal with the podcast, to educate and to help people feel better and to help people learn new ways to transform, whether that's with hypnosis or some other way. I am doing the mini-series around self-talk. So HM206 was around changing negative self-talk, and I gave you a self-hypnosis hack for that one that you can do at home. 207 was about self-talk to change your eating, and I talked a lot about overeating and binging in that one and self-talk to reduce those patterns. And this is episode 208. And we're going to talk about self-talk for better sleep, i.e. to reduce insomnia. Okay, (laughs) now I am an insomnia expert and an anxiety expert, and they often overlap as well as an overeating expert. Um, Overeating, you know, it does overlap with insomnia some because if you get a crappy night of sleep, then we know that there's certain chemicals that um, you have less of that make you crave more like carb laden foods and often will lead to overeating. So if you improve your sleep, you improve your ability to make good choices around your eating the next day. So there is some overlap there. But certainly, um, there's no disagreement about me being an expert in insomnia as well as anxiety. I am trained in cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia as well as certified in hypnosis for insomnia. Now, when we talk about the cognitive part of cognitive behavior therapy, CBT for short, then we're really talking about self-talk and thoughts. That's what psychologists mean when they refer to cognitive, right? Cognitive, whatever it is. Is that self-talk going on? What do you say to yourself? What beliefs do you have? And part of my treatment when I'm working with insomnia is we look at that self-talk going on because what will happen is sometimes an event will set off insomnia. So some kind of crisis, something happens. Sometimes it's travel, it's not a crisis. But but most people understand that when you're traveling through time zones or across the world or something, you're gonna have some jet lag. That's what we call it, right? Your sleep is going to take a little bit to adjust, a couple of days up to a week sometimes to adjust, and then you'll be okay. So they actually don't worry about it that much, right? Like they say, yeah, I'm awake in the middle of the night and that's perfectly normal because I'm in a different time zone and this is when I would normally be awake. But occasionally someone gets really upset about this when it takes their body a little bit longer than they anticipated even while traveling. But other times it's an event that sets it off, like a crisis that happens 
And then a lot of negative self-talk starts up around that. And then that can lead into chronic insomnia. So if you're going through a couple of weeks because something happened, that's pretty normal actually for your sleep to be disturbed. But if it's creeping up onto like three months, you're looking at chronic insomnia and I highly suggest you get some help. Most people wait 10 years to get some help with their insomnia. 10 years, you know, they do incessant Googling and they do like every sleep hygiene thing you can think under the sun or they take melatonin and they, or they take like all kinds of crazy supplements actually thinking, okay, this is going to help. Or sometimes they go on medication, which we know there's all kinds of negative side effects to those medications long-term. Short-term use isn't as bad, but long-term use, we know that there's a higher risk for dementia and Alzheimer's and all kinds of bad brain stuff going on, right? But my point there is that they wait so long to get some professional help with insomnia because the sleep is sort of like that thing where we think, yeah, I can do this, right? I can do this on my own. If I just get one good night of sleep, then everything will be better. And that is true. Everything will be better. But then sometimes it's like the next night doesn't feel so good. And then you start to feel like, oh my God, I'm back to the beginning. That's the negative talk and the negative beliefs that develop around sleep. So this is what we're looking at today. Some common beliefs around sleep are either I love sleeping or I hate sleeping. Like, uh, some people are like, oh, geez, it wastes my time. I have a lot to do. I'm less productive. Sometimes you have, I'm afraid of sleep. So if you have a trauma history and you feel like you may get hurt in your sleep, or perhaps you're having sleep paralysis where you feel like you're awake but can't move, that sleep paralysis, that's scary to some people. So sleep is scary. So then they'll come up with all kinds of ways to try to avoid sleeping, which isn't good for you where they get scared of nightmares or dreams during sleep. We also have thoughts like insomnia makes me furious or insomnia makes me miserable. I can't function. I feel insane. Or then you start to get into health worries. Oh my gosh, if I can't sleep well, then I'm going to get XYZ disease or I'll never lose weight or something like that. So these are all beliefs that people hold around sleep. I don't know which ones yours are in particular, but it's a good idea to look at them. Like, what do I truly believe about sleep? And what do I tell myself about sleep? So often when you're having trouble sleeping, you'll get into a cycle of thinking, am I going to sleep well tonight? Or you get into a control cycle of, okay, I'm going to do absolutely everything perfect in my pre-sleep routine so that I can fall asleep easily. And then when that doesn't happen, the thought cycle gets set off of like, oh, I'm never going to sleep now. This is going to take me forever. You know, like tomorrow's going to be miserable or I have to be up at a certain time or something like that. So, I suggest take a look at what you're telling yourself about sleep, write it down, and then let's see if we can come up with something more positive to tell yourself about sleep. So if we go back to those old sleep beliefs of like, let's take sleep, waste my time, and I have a lot to do. I don't have time to sleep. I sometimes hear that. I don't have time to sleep. It's like, really? (laughs) Because sleep is about the best thing you could do to consolidate memories 
to increase your productivity, to increase your creativity, to learn new things. Like we can't even learn new things without sleep. We have to have sleep to learn. We know this. So those are some wonderful things like, ooh, I'm learning while I sleep is really what's going on because without the sleep, the learning doesn't happen. The awake process learning does not happen. Insomnia makes me crazy or miserable. We can reframe that to if you're awake in the middle of the night, this is a nice time to meditate. It's time to quiet the mind. I can write or draw or read or catch up on my reading. I can rest my body even if I can't sleep. We talk about that a lot in my practice, that if you find yourself awake, how do you rest your body even if you're not completely sleeping? It's quiet time. It's alone time. A lot of parents feel like they're never alone. (laughs) And it's a nice time in the middle of the night to feel like, oh, I'm alone. I can do my own thing and I can catch up on what I need to do. Um, Like I don't suggest getting up in the middle of the night and doing something that's going to like totally wake you up. But I do suggest if you're awake in the middle of the night to do some like light activity or something that will help you feel like, oh, yeah, this will be nice to do before I fall back asleep. So sometimes the fear comes up that someone's not going to fall back asleep. And it's not always a fear, like people's experience pan that out. But it's like there's it's much harder to fall back asleep if you're telling yourself all kinds of shitty thoughts around sleep. Okay. Like, oh, geez, I'll never fall back asleep and I'm not going to be able to function and oh, it's going to be awful tomorrow. Like that just makes us anxious. So then we start to look at what are you telling yourself that makes you anxious or what are you worrying about that makes you anxious that then makes it much harder to fall back asleep or it makes it harder to even fall asleep, period, in the beginning of the night. So I really suggest you have some good phrases that you can go to that are believable for you, like 100% believable, I'm all about that, that you can use to help calm yourself down if you are having trouble falling asleep or you're awake in the middle of the night and you're having trouble falling back asleep. Like for me, I worry quite a bit about my 15-year-old. You know, you've heard on the podcast that she was diagnosed with autism level one and ADD, inattentive type. Autism level one used to be called Asperger's in some cases, and that would be hers. The report said she is Asperger's. I like to call it as like the artist formerly known as Asperger's. <laughs> okay, and, um, Prince fans will get that reference, right? The artist formerly known as Asperger's. But sometimes I worry about her or school or how she's doing because she has quite a significant amount of anxiety that goes on herself. She has her own therapist that's working on that. And that's actually one thing that I tell myself when I start to worry about it. It's like, oh, she has a therapist. She has a really excellent neurologist now that's working on finding the right medication for her. I tell myself there's all kinds of paths through life because she's not taking the traditional school path anymore. That was just really too overwhelming for her. That was not a good fit for her when COVID hit and she had to do online school seven hours a day. I don't think that was a good fit for anybody, really. (laughs) You know, the teachers, the students, nobody. Um, You know, I like, I appreciate online learning, but geez, not for like seven hours a day, five days a week. Oh my gosh. So... 
I say there's all kinds of paths through life. I keep my eyes open for good examples of that. I hear stories all the time where someone dropped out of high school or they barely made it through high school and then they later became very successful. They figured out what they wanted to do or what they wanted to study and they were very successful. I keep my eyes and ears open for those kinds of stories. Another thing that I like to tell myself is her path is her path. So that's more of a spiritual phrase for me. Like she will find her way through. She is here for a reason. We all choose our path through life. We choose this life. That's my beliefs. You'll have to come up with your own beliefs. If you're more of a Christian tradition, it could be something like, um, I know that God has plans for her and for me. I'm turning this over to God or my higher power, something like that. That's a helpful one for me. I'm turning this over to my higher powers. Or if you believe that there's people that have passed on, loved ones that have passed on that help you afterwards, you can say, hey, you can use prayer, right? Or ask them for some help with this. That's very comforting to me too. You know, it's interesting. When I was thinking about recording this episode, I was like, should I do insomnia or should I do anxiety? And I started to record one about anxiety and it just wasn't flowing well. So I was like, mm, I'll record insomnia, right? But there's so much overlap there that happens when someone can't sleep because of anxiety that um, I think we're like at the melding point here, right? Like, okay, what's keeping you up at night, basically, right? Maybe that'll be the title of this episode. What's keeping you up at night. And when we start to work on the thoughts that are keeping us up at night, then we get to sleep better, right? That's it. Really, we get to drift off more easily into sleep when we begin to let those thoughts go because those thoughts will create all kinds of tension in our body. Or sometimes we feel the tension first, right? Like, oh, I'm so anxious or I'm so sad or something like that. And our body's feeling it. And then we think, what, what's going on? What am I telling myself here? And when you begin to look at that, it's like, oh, no wonder, right? No wonder I feel anxious and I feel like, oh, I can't fall asleep tonight, right? Or I'm waking up in the middle of the night. Or sometimes people wake up like in a panic, right? And it's like, oh, what is going on there that you're telling yourself? What can we tell yourself that's gentler, kinder, that's true for you? Sometimes I'll get anxious about my work because as a private practitioner, as an entrepreneur, it goes through cycles and I track those cycles over years and years. I actually have about a decade worth of tracking of lower months, higher months, that type of thing, because really you're looking at people's patterns. Now, often my practice will get full for like months and months and months and then I'll have a little dip. But during those times or when I owned my previous business too, it was like, oh, you know, I always seem to do just fine financially. I always seem to make it. Or it may be like if you're really in dire straits there, it's like, you know what? I will always find some work. I'm healthy and capable and can always work. Sorry, the dog's trying to get through the pet door. I don't know if you hear it. The dog gets anxious about the pet door, I think. <laughs> but if I shake some food, she's perfectly fine. Believe me, she runs right through the pet door. Sometimes I have to like encourage her. Come on, Zoe. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, Zoe. Okay, she's through. Sometimes you can go deeper and say, I trust that I'll always be provided for. I trust that I'm here for a purpose. I'll figure that out. 
I'll figure out what to do. If you're really struggling about decisions in the middle of the night or worrying, then we work on different processes for someone to use. We sometimes have to find the good fit, but often it helps just to write those worries out. Get them down on paper. Look at them. See if there's any facts there. Because often there's no facts going on, okay? When we're in the midst of worry or anxiety and it's keeping us up at night, there's no facts going on. So we, I can write a whole journal page and then go back and look for the facts. And it's like, oh, there's no facts here, okay? Zero, or maybe there's one fact. And you have to look at those facts relatively too, okay? So let's say that I say my daughter's struggling. Someone else may be like, your daughter's not struggling. She has shelter, food, a nice home. She has friends, plenty of free time, (laughs) that type of things. They may define struggling different than I do. Then the actual fact would be my daughter has anxiety. Even that's a little like airy fairy sometimes when you really start to get into the definition of anxiety, right? But most people can agree what anxiety looks like in general. Hey, like that you can see someone and think, oh, that person's really calm and they have a very nice, calm spirit and a presence to them. And then someone else like, oh, that person's super anxious. Or sometimes people will identify that like that person makes me anxious. Like that person's so wired, right? Like things like that, where it's like, oh, that means they're anxious, (laughs) right? They're making me anxious. That's probably what's going on. So it's like, okay, that's the fact that's going on. Then all my thoughts about that fact are really just my thoughts and those can be changed. Often the way out of overwhelm and anxiety is just simply making one small decision or taking one small action. That's it. So you're saying, okay, well, Dr. Liz, it's late at night. It's like 1 a.m. I can't sleep because I'm worrying about this. What is one small action I could take? Just tell me. You can write that stuff out. You could decide to watch a show and not think about it for a while. You could play on your phone. You could say, hey, this decision is not going to get made tonight. And that's okay. You could pray, right? You could say, I'm going to pray right now instead of worrying about this. I'm going to say, hey, I'm turning this over, higher power, please help me figure this out. I can write a letter if you're into writing, right? I can send a text. I mean, I I don't really like recommend sending text at 1 a.m. when you're upset and you can't sleep, (laughs) okay? Not the best time to send a text. But you can send it maybe to your best friend. Like this is everything I'd like to say to my partner. Let's say you're worrying about your partner, right? Or this is everything I like to say to my kid if you're worrying about your kid. Or this is everything I like to say about my business, okay? People worry about what like um, their partners, sex, money, in-laws, their businesses, work, friends, family, right? Those are, those are all the big topics. So it's like, all right, what is one small action you can take or one small decision? So it doesn't even have to be an action. It could be a decision. Tomorrow, I'm going to call my friend and talk about this with her. Something like that is a small decision, right? Like, okay, now that I've made that decision, you know, let me calm down my mind and my body so that I can fall asleep. And again, finding a phrase that's going to work for you. Everything will get worked out eventually. Sometimes going to the catastrophe will help people, meaning like thinking of the worst thing that could happen. 
Okay. And I, I do this as a mom. It's like, yep, yeah, I could lose one of my children and that would be awful. But there's not a whole lot I can do about that right this moment. So I'll try to think of them as happy and peaceful. And let me imagine them in a really happy place, either imaginary or real. I had pulled out a workbook called What to Do When You Worry Too Much, A Kid's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. This has been on the shelf for years. I had forgotten that I actually did this workbook with my older daughter who tends to be anxious. And you can tell by the writing, she was a little bitty when she did this. Now, she still has a needle phobia and she had written in this shots. It says, write down one of your worries. And the whole page says shots, shots, shots. And one of them, she forgot the O, so it's S-H-T-S, right? Like shots, 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 shots. <laughs> like that poor thing. I feel so bad for her. I really do. And I know where this needle phobia comes from. Um, she had heart surgery when she was like two and a half and had to be held down for a lot of procedures and all kinds of stuff. So I know where it comes from. It has not been resolved yet. And um, it's not my job to help her resolve it at this point. That's her own responsibility. But further in the book, it says, and I highly recommend this book, by the way, if you have a kid who's a worrier, they have one for adults. I'm sure they have all kinds of worry things for adults. But um, this is a really good one for a kid. I think they have a whole series, if I remember correctly. I don't work with kids that much anymore, unless it's something specific like bedwetting, which hypnosis can be like super effective for. But um, it says, draw or write about your special memory. And she drew the Eiffel Tower and her at the top. Okay, so I took her to Paris when she was eight. So this must have been after eight, right? <laughs> but not to the point where her handwriting doesn't look like a kid's anymore. Um so anyway, back to the point, I sometimes imagine them in a place that I know they love, where they're really happy. And that helps calm me down. I'll imagine myself in a place that I love. Like many, many moons ago, when I was very young, I visited Eureka, California. I was on a cross-country motorcycle trip that took several months. And Eureka, California was just, oh my God, it was so beautiful, it had these giant waves crashing on the shore. And when someone asked me to imagine like a beautiful, safe place, that's where I go in my mind. So that will often help just bring down the anxiety, change the thought process for me, and then help me drift off to sleep. That combined with some breathing, some self-hypnosis that I do sometimes. Sometimes I put an actual hypnosis file on that either I've made for myself or for someone else, all of those help me release the worry and float to sleep. But it starts with changing those thoughts. It starts with saying to myself something a little more positive, like this will all get figured out. There's not a whole lot I can do tonight about it. And I have my list for the things to do tomorrow. And so the only thing to do tonight is to rest so that I can function well and feel better tomorrow. Okay, we're coming to the end here. The AC is clicking on here, so I know it's been a while. <laughs> I have to turn it off to record. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. I really do. And I hope this helps you release some of the thoughts so that you too can float to sleep. Peace.
I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.